But I found that through Christ, that's where the, the true freedom and the true liberty is. And every one of us came here with something we can do. And, and my only hope is just to maximize it. Holy are the peacemakers. I mean, that gives it a whole new perspective. You know, this is the way to progress on the covenant path. Hello and welcome to Latter-day Profiles. I'm Brian Howard. We're here at the LDS Motion Picture Studio in Provo, Utah. And joining me today is Dan Davis. Dan, welcome. Thank you for having me. Dan runs Sturry, which we're gonna talk about that. Interesting name, uh, uh, not your typical video production company. It produces amazing documentary style short films about a lot of regular people doing extraordinary things as well as some CEOs and other things like that. And, and also Dan, uh, you know, I started following you on social media and you were going through some serious health issues at that time. And so glad to see you look so good, Thank especially you. compared to some of those uh, days not too long ago, just a year or yeah. two ago. It's, it was it's pretty, good to be upright. <laughs> good to be pretty serious. Uh, let's talk about your career background. We'll get to how Sturry came about, but that wasn't your ultimate goal. You you had entrepreneurial ideas. I think one of your career path, you were uh, owner of a sports mechanics. Tell, tell us about your career path and, and then we'll get to Sturry. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up with a sports background and I also um, grew up in a, a, a family where um, there were some entrepreneurs, but not very many. And uh, so it was a little foreign landscape for me and uh, for my relatives and immediate family. But I always felt like I had this drive that, especially as a teenager, I could make more money doing my own thing than going and working somewhere else. And I loved that opportunity to control that destiny. And that really just sparked a lot of different opportunities over the years to just look for ways, not just money driven, but purpose driven um, to potentially make more money or find more purpose doing it and owning my own schedule and, and just kind of owning my own destiny. And, and it's always been fun for me and exciting for me, even with the roller coaster drops and, and the peaks and, and uh, valleys, but, but I've always just loved being an entrepreneur. Yeah, well, you were a pretty big age, uh, jumping into some pretty big responsibilities. Tell us about that first one. Uh, it was, uh, right, yeah, sports mechanics, I think. Then you got into film, had a rehabilitation facility. None of these really related. Well, I guess the film one was yeah, to they're what all you're very doing different. now. Yeah, yeah I, I uh, had a sports background and always wanted to, to train and coach um, youth athletes and be able to have an influence on them at a young age. And uh, I had the opportunity to, to do that when I was, um, Right before I was going to get married, I um, decided to resign from a job that wasn't going very well. And uh, I had a few weeks left until I got married and we needed money. <laughs> and so I said, I'll just start a company. And it was amazing. I just started it in my hometown and, and uh, trained a few hundred kids and, and said, I can turn this into a full blown business. And as I was going into my junior year of, of college, uh, I decided I'm like, I'm, I'm just going all in on this. And, and uh, went through the process of creating business plans and, and f I would say first starting my, my first legitimate business. I think all the other ones were just, were passion projects or just something, you know, uh, for fun as a teenager. But this was, this was my first endeavor that I really wanted to scale it and grow it into something big. Hmm. You mentioned you're, you were just about to get married. Uh, a supportive spouse, really critical in doing this kind of thing, right? It sounds like your wife has been very supportive of you. Yeah, I, I, I lucked out. Um, I don't think many um, spouses, many um, partners would stay with someone like me. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I joke about that, but, but in all 
um, seriousness, she's been an incredible support. And we've been through some just, just from a business standpoint, been through some really difficult situations where we've been taken advantage of and, and things didn't go the right way or we've lost lots of money overnight with different things. And, um, and I've made poor decisions, I've made good decisions, and it's this mix and roller coaster ride that she's been on with me. And though she's not actively you know, in the business, she's participating by supporting me every single day. And she's never doubted me, she's always told me she trusts me. And uh, I, I, like I said, I lucked out. Um, you need that as an entrepreneur. Otherwise, if you don't have that support at home, it is a lonely road. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk a little bit about that road because it sounds like to me, as I've you know, watched your social media and other things, you've always looked for inspiration in what you want to do as far as a career and business. And that also leads to some difficult decisions to leave some things and try something else. Uh, what's that roller coaster ride been like for you? Yeah, we, we are very focused on living with intention and inspiration. And that has led to some really difficult experiences because we felt inspired to take some, some risks that m maybe most people don't take or won't take because they're not pairing those decisions with inspiration. And we, we've decided that that's how we're gonna guide and, and lead our lives. And that's how we want to, to raise our, our children. And so as a result of that, we've taken jumps when it didn't make sense to anybody but us. Um, and we've always tri uh, triangulated God into the conversation. We've always made sure that uh, that was part of the decision-making process. And we're actually at a point where it's, it's a little bit scary to think about making decisions without God on our side. And I don't know how people do that. I don't know how you buy a house or move your family or, you know, um, maybe we don't use it to decide what fast food we want to eat, but just about everything else <laughs> we use that. And it's helped us take these these risks and helped us do some things that, that uh, have brought a lot of joy and pain and tears. But at the end of the day, we are, we feel more whole because we're in alignment with God. And that congruency, you just can't, you can't get anywhere else in my opinion. And so we actually had a neighbor that asked us, how do you get up to that high dive and jump every time? And I think once you create that pattern of, of climbing up the ladder and all the work that it takes to get there, it's easier to jump than go backwards on what we feel God is telling us to do and go back down the ladder. So we just keep kind of going up to the next high dive and jumping off and hopefully not belly flopping. We've done that a lot of times, um, but we just get back on and go back up because we feel like it's, it's just a more, fulfill, more fulfilling way of living and, it, and it's done uh, right by us and, and blessed our family build more confidence that stepping into the dark, it works and yeah. continue to do it. Yeah, there's not a lot that scares us at this point, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Let's talk about Sturry. First of all, uh, tell about the name, Sturry. What's, what's behind that? Yeah, I, when, when I um, resigned as a CEO of a healthcare company in Arizona, I wanted my next move, I wanted to make sure that it was the thing that I felt not just passionate about, but the thing that I was meant to do. And I had a film background with a, another prior company I had um, led and, and I was trying to figure out, you know, what do we call this company if we're gonna go do really inspirational stories and the kind of content that makes a difference versus commercial productions, um, what do we name something like that? It's very different, it's not traditional. And uh, I've always liked the word stir um, because I, I think it, it describes this idea that when you see something moving or inspirational or emotional that connects with you, it stirs your soul and it stirs your spirit. And so when we were thinking about stories that stir, that's where it came from, is stories that stir, stirry. 
and I went out and spent a bunch of money on buying the domain from somebody else that owned it um, and created our company and, and even our Instagram handle, some person in like Milwaukee or something um, had that Instagram handle and we went and acquired that from that person and, and it just felt right because it was a name that people could recognize and remember and we wanted to use it simultaneously with the word story and we wanted people to feel like a story story was a specific type of story. And so now people use that synonymously. They say, I, I heard that story. Even if it's a film we haven't produced or something, it's, it's a story that stirs their soul. And so that's, that's where it came from. Well, that was a big jump off a platform to do that because right, financially and otherwise, and job security, yeah. what was that like to say, okay, this is field inspired, let's do it. Yeah, uh, I'll just say it made no sense <laughs> to do it at the time. Um, and like I said before, it, it, it certainly makes no sense when you don't have the spiritual inspiration to do it. And at that time, we had no health insurance. We had just moved in with my parents after resigning as CEO of this healthcare company in Arizona, like I mentioned before. Um, no health insurance, no place to, to be or live besides my parents' um, home, which we were just really blessed that they brought us in as we were in this transitionary period. Um, and no income and a bunch of debt from my first business that didn't work out. <laughs> and so we were, we were in a really, really scary place. Um, and we had just two kids at the time, uh, but it felt like this mountain that, that uh, we were willing to climb because we got all of that inspiration. And what was amazing, one of the most incredible experiences of my life was feeling inspired to start this company and um, I kind of let a couple weeks go by without sharing that with my wife because we, we had been there before, had lost a lot of money with our first business. I didn't want to tell her <laughs> that I was thinking about starting another business and felt really inspired to do it, even though it didn't make sense. And I went home that day and just said, okay, I'm gonna tell her because our relationship was built on trust. And uh, she always wanted to know how I was feeling about these decisions. And we had lots of job offers at the time and, and incredible uh, opportunities. And I went home and I started to tell her and she started crying and I went, oops, <laughs> you know, maybe I, this is the wrong time. Maybe I should have um, done a little more homework on those feelings I had. And she was emotional because that very same day she had her own inspiration that, that was the exact same thing that we're supposed to start a company and that she was supposed to support me in doing that. And it has been just this cornerstone, foundational piece of our relationship that we go back to all the time because we remember that moment where God spoke to each of us individually and we just knew what we were supposed to do. And what's really funny about that situation, usually I have a plan for things. I didn't have a plan. I just said, I'm, I know I'm supposed to start my own company. She goes, what is it? after we were crying and excited. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And so I said, but what I, what I do know is I know how to get to work and figure out a plan. And from there on forward, I just went and sought more and more inspiration. And I, I felt like the, the conduit, the, the flow of inspiration was just coming on a regular basis and eventually started Sturry. And I, I knew I was supposed to go back to these things that I learned in film, but use my talent and abilities and um, things I had, I had learned and, and grown into as a leader to tell other people's stories. And you told some amazing stories. I know, uh, you know, we've done stuff with Imagine Dragons. People won't recognize that name. Yeah. But some of the other names, if they haven't seen the stories, they, they won't know. Tell us a little about how you, you know, got into it and started to gain some traction because a lot of word of mouth when people see your stories. 
Yeah, what's what's interesting is I, I never felt like we were supposed to just go tell um, famous or, or popular or influential people stories. And when I say influential people, um, I think most people think these these influencers are, are famous people, but what I found is influential people were, were everyday people that were doing just these amazing things and um, nobody knew about them. And that was what our first very first story was. There was a man named Nathan and I felt inspired to tell his story. Uh, it was an incredible experience because he had told my story, uh, told his story to me and I had shared my story with him and I realized in that very moment I was supposed to tell his story and I, I, we had no business really at the time. We had, I don't even know if we had our name at that time. And uh, we just went and did it. We took out a few credit cards. It was one of the funnier moments because I went home and, and my wife's like, that's great, you're gonna do this story, who's funding it? And I was like, we are. <laughs> uh, we need to take out another credit card. Will you co-sign on this credit card? Because I couldn't get any more credit. <laughs> and so she co-signed on that and we used that first credit card and funded that, that first story. And the, the amazing thing about it was everything just was really flowing at that time where, where the inspiration was flowing, the, the desire and, and um, purpose was there. Um, we just, we had a lot of momentum and, and motivation and I was jumping out of bed every morning, even though I was making no money, had no, no real office or you know anything like that but it just felt like the right thing to do. And that's just how it went moving forward. We just, every time I felt inspired to tell a story, I would act on it and then a new opportunity would come. And it was nothing like what I learned in business school. I just threw that out the window and just said, okay, this business is nothing like anything I learned in business school. This process is nothing like that. We're just gonna go on this pure adrenaline <laughs> with, the, with the inspiration we were getting. And that's honestly what the, the first eight to 10 months was, was just going and funding all these stories. And we had created a good enough inventory of inspirational content that companies and nonprofits and groups were reaching out to us saying, we want you to do what you're doing for these stories, but for us. And that, that's how we really kickstarted our business. Wow, so a very non-traditional business model. So what, what is the business model now? I don't, don't know, aside from your social media, I don't see a lot of promotion except for your stories. Uh, they seem to sell themselves. Is that kind of the way yeah. it goes? Yeah, we, we, we don't do commercial work. Um, and so it's a little confusing for people. How do you guys make money? That's one of our top questions. And, and we say, isn't that great that you don't need to worry about that? We're gonna provide inspiration and find ways to fund these stories. So we've crowdfunded stories. We've had nonprofits and for-profit companies pay for those stories. We've had individuals come to us to have a great story and wanna pay for that. And we've created this reputation that we're gonna do these types of stories. Like I said earlier about, you know, these stories that stir and it has this own brand. And, and when people think about telling their story, they're just coming to us saying, we want that. We want what you guys do, but for our own story. And, and so we've been able to create our revenue through doing that. But then above and beyond that, we have licensing deals that we do, distribution deals, um, things like that. And then we're actually building a few different technologies that'll come out this year that allow people anywhere from their own home to tell their own stories. And then we'll put the sturdy touch on it. Um, and then we've also created something uh, a platform that houses all of this content we've built over the last um, seven years now. Uh, in fact, I think this week is our seven year anniversary from when I, <laughs> I just realized, from when I first started um, Sturry. And so now we have this massive library that can be utilized um, 
through a lot of different business models to help people find inspiration on a daily basis and have it in the palm of their hands. That's awesome. So we're pretty much you and a few close, I guess, friends, acquaintances, people you know. Today, how many people do you have working for you now? Yeah, so we have about 10 or 12 that are working for us on a regular basis. Um, and then we that kind of flexes up and down depending on the, the projects that we have going on. And we're getting more uh, quantity of projects um, and the quality of what we're doing is going up. And so we're getting a, a bigger name for ourselves and doing a lot of things that that you know we dreamed of in the very beginning. Uh, we were featured on the CBS Morning Show nationally um, last year with Imagine Dragons with a bunch of our footage. Uh, with one of the a few of the stories that we've done with them and and so we're just seeing the brand is starting to catch and and the identity is growing and that's been really fun because it, it has brought more leads in it's brought more people coming to us all walks of life all over the country and and internationally to come to us saying we just want you to take your storytelling abilities you know to the world uh, how do we do that and it's been fun it's awesome i know it's an unfair question because to ask you if you have any favorites but there's probably some that stand out that really resonated with you any particular that you'd share stories that you've done yeah, that is a tough question because I, I'm not supposed to have any favorite storytellers. Um, they're all just amazing. Uh, and, and every human being that we've told stories on has, uh, make no mistake about it, I, I've benefited the most from this experience. Um, and I get emotional talking about it because they've, they've changed my life. And, and one story that's really changed my, my life um, that, that I'll, I'll never forget is when we were in Nevada we were telling this story for Imagine Dragons, their nonprofit, the Tyler Robinson Foundation, is for pediatric cancer. And we were telling this pediatric cancer story, and uh, we were going to the hospital with this child to get his, um, his treatment. He was doing chemo that day. And um, I knew it was gonna be a hard experience for us to watch that and, and for our staff to, to watch that and, and film it, but I had no idea what I was walking into. I had never been in that situation. I've had people in my life that had passed away from cancer. I had you know, people that had been through treatments, but I'd never sat in that room with them. And uh, as a father watching this, this child go through this, this uh, treatment and just sobbing, and then watching all these brave kids walk into that room uh, it changed my perspective forever. I, I had to walk out of that room because I was watching kids that were my same kid's age that looked like my kids, these blonde haired kids coming in and, and getting their treatment like, like it's normal, like it's normal to have cancer, like it's normal to be in the hospital. And I walked out because the emotions just hit me hard. Like this is, this is not normal, but these kids are so brave. And I just remember I was away from my family for a few days on this shoot. And I remember just, I could not wait to get back with my kids and just hold them and hug them and, and protect them and, and tell them how much I love them. And, and that was just one experience of many. And, and I would say the second uh, experience that really literally changed my life um, because it had to do with my physical health. I was really struggling with my physical health at the time and they had no idea what was wrong with me. And I was actually filming a documentary on this woman named Kim White that really changed my perspective in a lot of ways and really blessed my life. And she had cancer and, and uh, she had passed away during the filming of our, our documentary with her. And my health started to really decline at that time. And wouldn't you know it, one of the interventional radiologists that I was interviewing for her film, um, I just, 
just kind of casually said, hey, you should try to figure me out because I had no diagnosis. But because of my health decline, we were really worried. My doctors were worried. Every, my family was. And she, she actually knew what I had. <laughs> and if I wouldn't have started Sturry, I never would have been in that room with that doctor that happened to be treating and testing a lot of the patients that have my rare syndromes. And she got me right into a specialist. She got me all the testing I needed. She, every single diagnosis she mentioned on that first day, it was like six or seven different syndromes I'd never heard of. I got diagnosed with every single one of them. And I haven't actually met another adult male um, with my syndromes in the state. <laughs> and uh, so it was rare enough that I, I just had never been around anybody that had the same symptoms and things like that. And so I, I tell people, Sturry literally saved my life. If, if it did nothing else, um, to me, that was a huge, huge blessing for me and my family. And, and obviously, it's done a lot more than that. Um, but those are the two stories that I, I feel like have, you know, like I said, I can't have favorites. <laughs> There's so many others. Two very memorable ones. Yeah, for but sure. those ones changed my life forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it says, you say health decline. And by the way, no coincidence, right? It just happened to be no, two people in the right place at the right time. But it was serious. You were, you couldn't figure out what it was. You could hardly walk. Pain was terrible. Uh, that was a really trying time, I'm sure, for you. And I, I felt like uh, I followed it on social media, but you always turned to Heavenly Father. It was never a kind of woe is me kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I think. The reason it was natural for us to do that, um, and by the way, I did have a lot of negativity and frustration during that time. <laughs> it was not a perfect process, but the reason I think it was easy, easier, I'll say, to turn to God during that time was just because me and my wife had already done that for a while. We had leaned on each other, but leaned on God to navigate these really complex situations. And so when my health got added into the mix, um, we just had to lean on, on him because we, we had nothing else. And we even had to go all the way to Germany um, to, to get some further diagnostic testing and, and to be able to figure out why I couldn't sit or stand for about 18 months. And I could do it, but then I felt like the clock was ticking and I would, I would either pass out, black out, or get so sick that it would ruin me for another week. Um, and we found out in Germany, because we felt inspired to go there for testing, that I wasn't getting blood to my heart and my head when I would sit up and stand. And um, f first of all, we felt like we weren't crazy, you know, when we finally <laughs> right. figured that out, because I literally felt like I was dying when I would sit and stand. And that was because when they showed the testing, the, the doctor there said, look, when you sit and stand, literally there's no, no blood going. We could watch it beating, beating, and then it would stop. Um, and we, we happened to go there with my doctor. Um, he came with us because he wanted to know what was going on. And it was just another example of how we had been led somewhere all the way across the world. Um, and, and that wouldn't have happened unless we felt inspired all along the way. And so that's why we have just, we've just been vigilant at re requiring God um, to be a part of our relationship versus um, hoping he is or casually involving him, uh, we just, that's a requirement for us in order to, to make any sort of move with business, family, um, my health, all that. And, and it, it, it's ultimately preserved my life. So it's pretty obvious that that's a partnership we want for the rest of our lives. And as you're saying, you know, that really wasn't a quick fix. I saw some video of you rehabilitating getting a chance with a, you know, a harness to run. Yeah. And it probably, man, not being able to sit or stand or really get around, that's had to 
although painful, feel pretty good to know that there's progress here. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really scary. We had a lot of like, you mind if I share one story with that? I so we didn't know our kids actually became really really aware of what was going on on a really deep level. We're like they're young. I tried to shield them from some of that for a while, and then it was all of a sudden out in the open because I was doing so poorly. Like, Dad can't sit or stand. He can't play with us anymore. And um, I was doing everything reclined. And so they, they kind of knew it. And then they started meeting people that had my syndromes and seeing how bad they were and seeing how bad their dad was and, and some people that were, you know, appeared not, not going to make it. Um, and they were around um, this woman named Kim that we were doing her documentary on and she passed away. And so they, they were aware of, of death being an option. And we had never talked about that. And one night we were, we were having our family prayer and our son was, I'll never forget, he was on his top bunk saying the prayer. And um, during his prayer, he said, I hope that dad doesn't die. Um, and man, the, the weight from those words just, just knocked us over. Um, and this little precious child that was, he was only six at the time, had that fear that he was going to bed with every night. And, um, and the, the amazing thing that's kind of happened with, with a lot of the recovery and all those things is these, I don't think these kids are quick to forget. They're just, they're forgiving, they're, they're understanding, they're compassionate, and they're looking at the world through a very hope-filled lens. Um, and so as soon as I started to make progress and get on a treadmill in a harness and be able to run again and, and be able to stand up and play with them and wrestle them and our kids love football. So just be able to tackle them in the family room and, and just things like that. Um, our kids started to, to feel more hope and they started to, you know, have less fear about their dad not making it. And, and the, the surgery I had last year, which is, was only eight months ago, they told me it would take a long time to recover from and that it might take a year for me to even know if it worked. The surgery I had was a, it's called a kidney autotransplant. And they actually moved my kidney from up here down into my, close to my pelvis. And it, it's the same procedure as a, a kidney transplant, except they save your own kidney. And they rewired it, rewired the plumbing essentially, to put it simply, so that my heart gets better blood flow. And just the, the restoration of that um, has given me so many aspects uh, of my life back. I'm able to, to spend more time upright with my, my family and go on dates with my wife where they're not, we're not having dinner in, in bed though we still do that because we're just exhausted from having four kids. But, um, and I was able to go direct my first film a few months ago, standing up again. And, and just all of those things coming back just, just points towards this, this um, just gratitude that we have to God that he you know, spared my life. Even though um, there's people that have my syndromes and don't get that opportunity that are um, passed on or, or still living, but, but you know, um, looking for a way to preserve their life. And, and even though we have a lot of complications we're dealing with still, and there's no cure for any of this stuff, it's like plugging plug the holes in the plumbing, you know, and trying to just fix one thing while another thing's going wrong. Um, right now, I'm just gonna enjoy this moment. And I, I think that is what, what we as, as spiritual humans, as, as um, people that are having this, this human experience, we need to not, take those moments for granted and just say, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about the past. Today, 
I'm, I'm going to focus on, on what's beautiful about today. And, and it's pretty easy to do that when you've been through what we've, we've gone through. Yeah. Dan, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, people want to go find it. Sturry, S-T-R-Y, you'll find it. And check out the stories there. Dan, it's been a pleasure, and I wish you all the best. You, you look great, by the way. Thank so, you. Uh, it's great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me.